light keeps going in and out of your window, and I keep seeing that little mannequin. The mannequin? In and out. Like a, like a horror movie, just waiting to attack. <laughs> yeah, he looks It'd pretty be really creepy if he kept moving and it just changed position each time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that happened to us. Did I tell you that story? My, no. My stepmom has, like, this, like, little, like, um, bust. Actually, let's like... say, welcome back, everyone. Sophia's going to tell us a story. <laughs> welcome to story time. Um, this is Bright Young Things. We talk about books. Uh, but this is not a book. This is a, a tale of a haunting at Casa de Grande. So my stepmom has, like, a bust, like a head. And it's, like, positioned on a table right beside the garage door. And every time, like, we would come home, the head was turned in a different direction. And it was, like, starting to get, like, eerie. So then um, we were, like, okay, whatever. And then we, when we started paying attention to it, we were, like, we were taking photos before we left. And then, like, taking photos of when we came home to be, like... And then everyone was really, like, um, like witch hunty about it. Like, we were all, like, pointing the finger at each other. Like, <laughs> oh, you're moving it. Like, stop. And... Uh, then we realized it was just because the garage door is so heavy that when it bangs shut, the <laughs> statue moves a little bit. Uh, it still sounds a little. It still sounds a little bit stretching it. Have you ever tried following this, the bus's eyeline to see what it's staring at each time it moves? God, that's like very Scooby Doo. I should. I should do that. I would. <laughs> I would love to be haunted. I was very creepy as a child. Um, like I would talk to like this portrait of my great grandmother who had passed away, and it would freak my uncle out so much and I was like obsessed with like I made my grandmother take me to a cemetery when I was four and she was like yeah I was hoping it was just like a like a curiosity I mean we brought flowers even though like we didn't know anyone in Canada who had passed away so we just placed them randomly somewhere so then I was like what person like went to go visit someone and was like who left these flowers here <laughs> like, I've thought about doing that. I've taken walks through cemeteries, and they're like graves that you can tell they're so old, like all the writing is faded and stuff. And I wish yeah. nobody's been there for years and years. I thought it'd be nice just to get a thing of flowers and put it on a grave like that. But absolutely, it would. And I, I think it's really cool. There's like this whole phenomenon about like, um, have you seen like the tombstone washing videos? I think so. Yeah, they're like really big right now, and I think that like that's really cool because so many people are interested in ge- genealogy and archives. And then I think maybe that's why I'm more aware of it and we can talk about this in a later episode but I know I've spoken to you about it um like I was introduced to like the death positivity movement by a prof in my program which is Uh library and information science and it was so eye-opening and like all the different things that people are doing in that area it's really neat so that's our tangent (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the show (laughs) I think we each have a second tangent because we each made boo-boos when we were trying to prepare for this week (laughs) I, I don't know if Mercury is still in retrograde. I don't know what's going on. There's just a lot, like, in the air right now. Um, Austin, how you doing? How you holding up? I've made a, I've realized I made a boo-boo the last couple of weeks we've been recording. Okay. You know how every time we record, I go, oh, I, do I sound robot I feel like I sound uh-huh. tinny. I finally checked my laptop settings today, with okay. my microphone settings. Mm-hmm. And because I'm using my Bluetooth headphones, this entire time I've been recording it through my headphone microphone <laughs> which is terrible sound quality and i've just had this big old microphone here and it's not been doing a single thing okay so you've been like me and just like been roughing it like it's like yeah. 2001 like i i, I want to sincerely apologize to everyone for the last couple of weeks because my sound quality has been very bad 
by season two, we're finally getting into the swing of things. If you're joining now, you've come at a perfect time. We're finally somewhat getting it. Well, you've been getting it the whole time. I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to audio. So apologies. Um, I don't really, I'm just plugging the microphone, speaking to the microphone. Hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I'm doing right now. So I'm probably not working this correctly. Um, Austin, how are you today? I mean, I feel like we've talked about um, the, the the chaos that's been happening, but like, how are you? Like, what are you reading? What's up? I'm not too bad. I, my girlfriend and I finally landed a new apartment. Mm-hmm. I know it's been, it's been a couple, it's been a weird couple of weeks for us and we've been kind of off schedule. So I've had a lot of things going on since our last episode. Amazing. So we got our new apartment right in downtown Toronto, which we don't really officially move into until the end of August. Okay. I've done a lot of reading in the last couple of weeks. I'm here, but I've frozen in a very okay. awkward pose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much of that recorded, but yeah, I got we got the new place. I've been up in my reading game, not as much as you continue to be, but I finished a couple books in the last couple of weeks. I just started reading one. I, I finally finished The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yes. Which we'll be talking about at a later date. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> That's going to be a good book club. I mean, it's going to be so fun. And I put off reading For Whom the Bell Tolls to read that one. So then I started to get back into that, but I also kind of felt guilt over how much you like Hemingway. Uh, so I that, in in addition to the Swedishness of <laughs> Dragon Tattoo, I started reading one called Little Star Ooh. by John Ivita Lindvist, Lindvist wow. which is the same author as the book Let the Right One In, which I've ranted and raved over multiple yes. times. I knew the last name sounded familiar. Okay. So it's good so far. I've started re- I tried reading it like probably high school, and I got like two inches mm. on the pages in, and I just never finished it. So yeah. I'm trying to get now. It's good so far. It's the same kind of weird dark vibe as Let the Right One In. But... I like that. I like like the like Swedish and Scandinavian like noir the whole crime thing that they have going on. I mean, uh-huh. even we're talking about the girl with the dragon tattoo for like three minutes of a conversation. I was referring to the main character as another like hard-boiled detective <laughs> from another one. And then uh, the look on Austin's face is like, this girl just made me read like a 700-page novel and she can't <laughs> even remember the name. And I was like... I thought I, thought I had I, read the wrong book. <laughs> <laughs> no, you thought you read the wrong book that I dropped off to your house and placed <laughs> on your steps in front of you. <laughs> You're too nice of a friend. That is like giving me the benefit of the doubt that I do not deserve. <laughs> I like the imagery of you saying you dropped off the book on the steps in front of you, like some kind of offering or something. Here is my blood sacrifice. Welcome. <laughs> it's a it's a very old used copy of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. So what's new with you? Yeah, I know last week you did your really amazing interview with Lynn, Thank which you flew solo for. Yes, I, I know that we were both so sad that you couldn't be there, but it was amazing talking to Lynn. I mean, like anyone who's gone through the publishing process with like a major publishing house is like already badass to me because like all the steps that like major publishing house major publishing but like all the steps that go into it and like all the I think to me what impresses me most probably is like her commitment and like there's a vulnerability that goes into that process you're sending out like your book child into the world and obviously you have like an agent and an editor who like 
you know, advocate for you, but I'm sure that's like a really a big deal. So, you know, talking to her was amazing. And I, I think that too, as like film majors, we have a great appreciation of that. And like, as a self-described romance nut, I was like, this is it for me. Like I, it checked off everything. I was like a main character who dresses super quirky in like vintage clothes, check, uh, movie playlists, how I lived my entire let's be honest life I was gonna say high school experience no I still do and it was so fun like she's so interesting and so nice so I was like over the moon that was your childhood just movie playlists and making your grandparents to get to cemeteries absolutely I am not painting a good picture of myself why are we why are you friends with me (laughs) this does not sound like a fun um yeah anyway so I like to I like to think that you know just a, a unique upbringing you also talked about a new job you got this week, which sounds really, really interesting. Did I? I got um, a library assistant job, and I'm over the moon. Um, I won't go into too many details, but it was just you don't want to tell our listeners the exact address, the time you'll be working. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just so happy about it. I mean, this is the place where I did like my high school co-op, and everyone there is just so lovely, and so um, it's been like six years now since I've been there but like even when I was just talking with them I was like wow like you know when you meet really supportive people and you never forget the mark that they leave in your life and so I'm really really happy about it sad it's really amazing that you're getting this job right out of your uh, right out of your master's too thank you thank you so much I was I was really nervous entering like the job market um just because of COVID in Ontario and yeah, it was just like it, it lined up perfectly and I'm I'm so happy. So that's nice. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Have you been of- reading anything new and interesting? No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Sophie has made the most like excited face ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, um No, I have not. Uh <laughs> in a bit of a uh, a reading slump, shall we say? So we were talking about me entering the job market. Um, but fun fact, I'm on my last term of grad school, and uh, up until two weeks from now, I, I'm working like two jobs as well. And so I, I've been a bit of a hot mess. And uh, my reading—I don't has... know how she does it, everyone. <laughs> not well. That's the answer. Um, but yeah, so not too much new on the reading front. I'm still chipping my way <laughs> through uh, Broken, which is funny, but. That's amazing. That's the book by Jenny Lawson, which is a series of essays that she's written. And it was given to me by my darling friends, Cleo and Alex. I should say our, because now we're all friends. But yeah. Sorry, the window just opened, just opened the window. I thought something <laughs> fell or ran into the wall or something. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she said sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Um, yeah. Austin, this week we're, we're having a chat, which I'm excited about about trying new genres yes which i'm very excited about i people who've probably listened to us for a long time know that i only really read two kinds of books Same. which are books about rome and books set in rome <laughs> same. well i was gonna say same but mine is um books about romance and books set in romance land <laughs> um and and really, I mean, that's how our reading interests are very similar. Rome is in romance. Romance is in Rome. <laughs> it's all coming together. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like 
we were talking before and like when we were talking about our top genres in another episode like I think my top three are like thrillers classics and romance and like getting outside of those three like that's like my Bermuda Triangle I find it very hard (laughs) to branch out um not hard but I just I don't do it as often as I'd like and I think I I'm really getting better at kind of dipping my toe out I was gonna say out there but you know what I mean I think you'd have a lot more skill in reaching out of your comfort zone reading than I would so I want to get some tips that you would suggest tips oh my gosh (laughs) Um, but since starting the podcast, I have been reading outside of what I usually read a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I would have never read They Never Learn or even right. Pride and Prejudice, probably. I could see you like reading the classics, but I feel like like you're more, you're, your brain is better suited to reading older things than mine is. I used to be good at it and I don't know what happened. <laughs> And it's not that I I don't love them anymore, but I I was reading this really interesting book called, and here's the issue. I can't remember what it is. Um, (laughs) Hold on. Let me look look it up. But essentially what the book is talking about is the fact that your brain, if you don't use it reading enough, will alter the way that you process information. And it's really neat because- When you think about it, it's so true. I think like a lot of people like look back at their school experiences and they're like, oh God, like that was so boring. Like, you know, they're just running through the motions. It's all like BS. But like really, and I think Austin, you probably know this because your girlfriend is an expert in like early childhood, but the foundations that are like laid when it comes to children learning how to read and like the neural pathways that are being used it's so fascinating. And so this book, which I'm still searching for the name of, but it was so it's a cool. lot more technical than I was thinking. I was thinking like, can be like you read. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like it does break down to that. Hold on. I'm <laughs> still losing it. I think it's called Reader Come Home. I'm going to. So what is the most like recent book you've, would you say you've read that's been outside of your regular genre zone? Um, most recent book, I would say. Caligula. <laughs> Wonder where you got that one from. <laughs> I'm like hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, yeah, the one, the one I forced you to read for an episode. <laughs> sorry to go back, but the other book, everyone listening, I'm sorry for jumping around. The other book is called Reader Come Home by Marianne Wolf, and it's about the reading brain in a digital world. And she, very quickly, this is a bad summary, but she touches on why your brain doesn't read books the same way or why like the books you read like that were classics in high school you could do it and then like 10 years later your brain shuts off and you can't process it and you don't enjoy it the same way because it's like a muscle that you're not using enough and so that's what I wanted to say sorry (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Caligula I'll save your total judgment for later for when we do that for the actual episode but what do you think of it so far so far Drum. Feel free not to like it, but Drum. if you don't, I'll be devastated. Drum. Well, this is like a friendship-defining moment. Austin's like, are we are we friend-breaking up? I like it! And I, I did not think I would as much as I do. <laughs> and I say that with a caveat of, like, it's not that I was, like, not looking forward to it. It's just I was nervous because I think, like, the last historical 
fiction I did was The Paris Wife. I know there's definitely more than that, but it's the first one that comes to mind as the most memorable. And that was about Hemingway's first wife and what a jerk he Ooh, was. Juicy. <laughs> Uh, we should read that for a book club and then see how you feel about <laughs> anyway. But I let me finish Room the Bell Tolls first before I don't want to finish it okay. anymore. <laughs> I wonder, like, you know, okay, I was gonna say, you know, in Gilmore Girls, and I was like, I don't know if that's one of Austin's favorite shows. Um, totally, <laughs> Rory, Rory, and Lorelai. Heck yeah, Austin. Is that heck right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Okay, that's one of the formative shows that um, found founded my personality. And um, so, so, wait, a, so we got movie playlists, yes. Cemetery Walk to the Grandparents, and Gilmore Girls. Yes, a well-rounded. Diet. We should just call this episode. We should call this episode a profile of Sophia. <laughs> or like my my intro to therapy. This is this is all there. <laughs> check check. Um, but there's this one part where it was like. It was Jess, who's like the literary bad boy in Gilmore Girls. Enough said. And he says, um, he's like talking about it. And he's like, you should like read Hemingway. He has nothing but nice things to say to you. And I was like, Jess, you're making me rethink if I should. I don't know. but I don't know if I can separate it. And I, I know that we've talked about separating the artist from the work before. I don't know. I'm going to so read. So out of curiosity, how far are you in Caligula so far? I think I'm only on like 80, page 80. Like I'm very early days. Um, and that's because I have been away for the past two weeks. So when <laughs> I finally got into the rhythm. I was like checking my bag and I was like, I left it. I left it there. And I was like, cool. All right. But I'm going to dive back in this week. I think we should do an episode on historical fiction also down the road too. Because I love, love to talk about like a lot of historical fiction, will, some will focus more on the actual facts of history. And then mm -hmm. what I really like about Caligula is that it focuses on the personalities and the people of history, not just the yeah. events that happened. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, like, also, we're really lucky that we get to talk to Lady Billy Day from the History You Actually Wanted to Know podcast. And we're going to be talking about the Tattooist of Auschwitz. So it's going to be some historical fiction. Mm. Yeah. It was good. I'm really think building, he... up, building up a historical fiction base for that uh, future episode. Yeah. I mean, clearly. <laughs> I think, too, like, going back to the topic of, like, trying new genres, I think that's a really good excuse. Like, when you're doing, like, a buddy read or a book club, I feel like uh -huh. oftentimes people throw out suggestions where you're like, oh, like, I never would have picked that for myself. But if we're all doing it, I'll give it a go. Classic peer pressure. Classic, but for the better. <laughs> Good peer pressure. <laughs> if there exists such a thing. If your friends all jumped off a bridge of Terabithia binge read, but you'd also jump on a bridge of, Teria, bridge of Terabithia binge read. Okay, that is the best description I've ever heard in my life. That's beautiful. It's a little a little clunky, but I think the, I got the point across. I think you did, and I think I need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Okay, so what other tactics do you have when trying to like get into new genres? Do you find it's easier to go like full send straight into something new you've never tried before, or is it like try to connect a genre you like with a genre you're not too familiar with? I think I've had really good luck with working in a library because putting away books, I found things that I was like, oh, this piques my interest. I never would have sought it out myself, but like encountering things that way is really interesting. And also, like the fact is talking about reading in a digital world um 
there are so many resources online now that it's like so easy to kind of like look at websites like Book Riot or What Should I Read Next or Goodreads. And like you can scour these lists and all the reviews are there. Someone has kind of done the hard work for you and you can kind of like have a really um, sound option that's like known for browsability. So like beautifully curated lists, like, you know, if, if you're fascinated by something like Chernobyl or you want to learn more about like the legacy of residential schools and how you can be a better ally to like indigenous people, you can like look up these lists, find books, and that's really interesting. And I think that like, if you want something even better, if you want something that's like tried and true for trying new genres, I'm gonna say ask a librarian because I feel like that's <laughs> like <laughs> the best way to do it. Cause in high school I had a, a phenomenal librarian who would order books all the time that I feel like teachers were like, oh, the kids wouldn't read this. And she was like, they will. And she would just pick like these absurd things that she like found. And it's true. Like they have like superpowers and she would always like put a book in my hands where like the cover looked just awful or like the idea of it was just like so boring. Or I thought like the language inside was too hard for me. Like as in like, it would be really obscure poetry with like a bunch of punctuation everywhere where I was like, I wouldn't even want to read this for an assignment, let alone a pleasure read. And she would be like, trust me. And I would go home and I would tear through it. And I was like, how did she know? <laughs> like, I feel like she had the perfect eye for like seeing someone, chatting with them, knowing what they were going through and where they had come from. And then she would just like pick these random things and be like, this is like what you need. It was like almost like bibliotherapy in a way where she like prescribed things that she knew would make an impact on us. And I think that was like, so undervalued because it was like here is an adult who works at this place she doesn't have an assigned class but she goes out of her way to like mentor and like just check in on like like 600 kids it was great <laughs> like i'm kind of skeptical your librarian is even a real person i'm not just a character from a tv show because that's like the perfect librarian i can't even like i'm not even kidding she was a saint and she was an angel she prepped me for my first co-op interview at the library that I'm going to be working at right now and I was having a meltdown because it was supposed to be a snow day there was snow up to like my thigh and I had shown up my hair was a mess I was so nervous that was, um, so it, was, it was a typical March day in Canada yeah <laughs> and then I was like I printed out the bus routes had no idea where I was going and Austin you know like I was going down Westmount but like you the University of Waterloo's campus is a madhouse. So I, I was trying to navigate that. And as I was leaving, my co-op teacher looked at me and she was like, you're wearing those shoes. And I was wearing purple <laughs> Doc Martens with like all my business suit. Ooh. I had a blazer. I had like, like fancy pants on and like my straightened hair was ruined. And she was like, you're wearing those shoes. And the librarian was like, don't worry. Librarians love purple. We love interesting things. Don't <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> And just like that's the that's the vibe. We love a supportive like role <laughs> model. And I think I credit her largely with uh, pursuing the field. So I wish I had librarians like that. I don't even remember the names of my librarians from school. Sometimes people do not get good ones, and that's what I feel bad for. No one wants that experience of like 
there's always one librarian who like makes you cry if you have like a library book that's like overdue you know what I mean like that's not it I I hope that people (laughs) have good experiences I want to go back to your point about how with the digital age there's so many like lists of different books you can try online Mm. I think I brought this up before but Goodreads has like the least helpful lists ever to try Mm. and find new things to read because there's thousands Oh. Best books ever, 56,000 books. Oh! oh! Books that everyone should read at least once, 23,000 books. Casual. Books that we should read in the movies, like 28,000. These are lists that Ooh. you could accomplish, not the typical person can accomplish. <laughs> That's a lot of faith. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, there's, there, there are some pertaining to genres, which is interesting. Science fiction and fantasy, strong female fantasy. Mm-hmm. Book was better than the movie. Worst books of all time. Ooh. That's Twilight. another episode. <gasps> Number one. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Somewhere out. I guess the top. <laughs> you want to guess the top four on the list? Top four. I'm going to say Twilight, Wuthering Heights, Hunger Games. Um, I don't know. I don't know the other one. No joke. I don't know if this is any particular order. But the top four that come up are Twilight, Breaking Dawn, New Moon, Eclipse. Oh my gosh, people. <laughs> Why? Why are people hating on it? Followed by Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. Miley to Go by... Oh, sorry. Miles to Go by Miley Cyrus. Okay. Miley okay. to Go. And then Guilty, Liberal Victims and Their Assault on America. <laughs> Good lord. People. Oh, the number eight is the entire Twilight Saga. Why? Why do people hate it so much? <laughs> Gosh. Well, if people listen to our toilet episode, they would understand why one of us didn't like it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what else was I going to say? I had a thought, and then it just completely flew out of my head. Sorry. <laughs> just going back to the thing I asked before. So when you're going into new genres, do you try and bridge a genre you like to a new genre? Like... If you're trying to find a fantasy novel, would you try and find one that adds a lot of romantic elements since that's what you're you're most familiar with? Or, I mean, I think that definitely, like, in terms of fantasy, that was something that I clung to to, like, try to dip my toe in. Um, but, like, otherwise, not too often. I think, like, why I thought I needed to, like, find a fantasy with a good romance, I thought it, I think it was, like, I thought, like, it needed to be about the romance. But really what I realized is all I care about are the relationships. It doesn't have to be a romantic one. I just care about people. And it brought me back to like, I used to think in art class, like, oh, like I love art class, but I hate it when we do landscapes. Like all I want to draw is people. That's all I care about, the portraits. Like I I loved it. And then I was like, okay, so it's very similar. Like all I care about is the people. So I think that as long as like a book is really good at that, then I care and I enjoy it. And I think that's what like fantasy lacked for me because it's not my favorite genre because there's always like a lot of elements going on and I feel very disoriented. And you know me, like if there's a fight scene, I only retain like 10% of it because I just do not care. Um, And so, yeah, it's all about the, it's all about the relationships there. I think you and I would like very different parts of Star Wars. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And I'm not even ashamed. Anakin and Padme chef's chef's kiss just a delight i love it anakin and obi-wan is the true central relationship of the film of the film so true i would agree with that honestly i just like padme 
to be honest. She's a she's a bad. Join us soon for our Star Wars for our Star Wars podcast. Watch out in May. You know that <laughs> it's gonna be May. Fun fact: a couple of weeks ago, Sophie and I were having a conversation, and somehow it evolved into us <laughs> challenging each other to a lightsaber fight. What else is new? We're just always <laughs> trying to duel. Yeah, just gotta duel it out, you know, just like Marshall and Ted when they take the the fencing swords off the the wall and they just start going at it. All of our conversations always escalate from, so how's your day going? And that <laughs> goes and goes, and it's like, so when we take our first rocket ship to Mars, what is the first thing you're going to do? We just like to, like, adventure outside of reality in our friendship. We just like to explore all facets. Um, <laughs> and it's wonderful. But yeah, I think that, like... So what did you say your... Sorry, you go. Our classic bit again. I know. The Canadian standoff. Um... <laughs> I was going to say, like, how do you how do you feel about trying new genres? Like, do you feel like over time you've gotten better or worse at trying new books? I would say that the last year I've gotten a bit better at it because obviously because of the podcast thing and then you suggesting mm-hmm. stuff to read. Mm-hmm. Going back to my question of whether it's more effective to just dive right into a new genre or try yeah. and bridge from one genre with the other. I find yeah. personally, if I tried to bridge from what I like to something new, then... I just want to keep reading more of what I like instead of the new thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I hear you. No, that's a good point. I feel the same way too because honestly, sometimes you're like, yeah, I want to try this new thing. But then, if you're again going back to our comfort reads episode, if you're in a bad mood or you're just like want something you know you're gonna like, you're just like, just give me the good stuff. Like I don't want to mess around when I could just be having a good time. And it's like sometimes I also you... find it's hard to ki- go. <laughs> I believe in you. Go, Austin. <laughs> I find it's hard to, like, even if you get knock off one book from a new genre, it's hard to commit to staying with that genre and not just yeah. going immediately back to what you're used to reading. Like, after reading Twilight, I didn't want to go back and keep reading similar YA fantasy novels. All right. <laughs> would you consider Twilight fantasy? I think yes. I don't know if that's I think a stretch. So. I don't know if people who love fantasy would be offended by that. Um... I think I'm the opposite though. I think like if I find something I like, I always go on like this binge session of like, um, like I open like the trap door and I'm just like, (laughs) pull me in. Like I want to know everything. And I think that happened with like, I'm trying to think of instances. It happened with slice of life manga. It happened with, um, Scandinavian true crime. It happened with, um, like I'd say like, like, what are those mysteries called? Like closed door mysteries or like everyone's trapped on an island together? You know what I mean? I think that's closed door mysteries. Closed door. Okay. Like that. And so like when I find something I like, I'm always like, oh, that was so fun. I want to do it again. And then I try to find other things. Um, I can see myself getting into Scandinavian mysteries. I like Girl with a Dragon yeah. Tattoo a lot. And I like the link to this novels. Yeah. It's so good. And I think that like there's a lot of commentary within it. Like, I'm just a fan of like hard boiled or like screwball things. And like noir is always like really interesting to me. Um, but like, I like those old novels by like Dashiell Hammett, who did like The Thin Man and like, you know, different things like that. So I think it's just really cool. Like, I really like the dark nature and like the commentary is really fresh because I feel like in thrillers, they always like, like lately the ones that I've been reading are just like light commentary on like oh like it's hard to be like anyone who's not a cis white male 
And I'm like, yes, I like is. how your I like how your preferred genres go from oh, I found this really nice book about how to organize your room for the best optimal creativity and brain development to I'm going to read this brutal Swedish murder <laughs> mystery tale. It's Marie Kondo to murderers and killers. That's how I roll. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I, I think I didn't realize about that about myself until you said that. Like I do. I guess I do bridge the gap that way. Interesting. Love it. We are talking about the same girl who's made her grandma take her to the cemetery. So yes, exactly, exactly on brand, <laughs> on brand. So, are there any genre genres where you, for the longest time, wanted to be like, I want to get into this more, but I just haven't yet? Honestly, I don't think so. I feel like I've tried like a lot of things, and I've been very content with it. What about you? Do you have any? I've wanted to get into more like 18th century classics because a lot of the classics I read are ancient. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe I'll flip that back and say I'd like to get more into ancient stuff too because I always really liked, you know, t- talking about like Lysistrata and like, like, like I always mispronounce it, but you know what I'm talking about? The O E D. Say it for me. Oedipus. Yes. Thank you. I can't have another instance of saying something wrong in front of Austin right now. It's already been like a hard week. Oedipus gives me PTSD from the in second year of Sophia, second or third year of Sophia, and I had this Greek archaeology class. Uh huh. And the prof, bless her heart, was the sweetest prof, but yeah, also probably one of the worst profs I had. Yes. So she for the one day, fun. it was it was the day of St. Patty's Day. Yes. The prof wasn't even there, so she had a TA running the class. Mm-hmm. So she did a play version of Oedipus Rex. She played the movie not on full screen with oh all God. the lights in the lecture hall. Along. I don't even think you were there that day. I skipped. That was before we had introduced like Kate and Henry to each other even. Because like I made Henry come to class with me. And then when she was turning on the movie, I was like, let's go. And we went uptown and had waffles <laughs> at Cora's instead. <laughs> yeah, it was St. No Patty's Day. Lights were on on the screen. Full screen wasn't or it wasn't full screen. Yeah. Kate and I were sitting in the front row looking up like at the front row of a movie theater. Awful. Awful. And that was the only time I've ever skipped class in university, but we left that. <laughs> because it was a class of like, I think, I think we were allotted like 250 students, but there were 20 regulars and no one else showed uh-huh. up ever. And I felt so we bad. We were out of there faster. so fast. There were oh. smoke after images of Kate <laughs> and Austin in the, in the lecture hall chairs. Oh my God. Um, Austin, I'm at 8%, so I know I'm going to die any minute, but... Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about new genres, really. I, I, I'm trying to do a lot better. And I think that, like, because of where I work and, like, all the digital resources, I think Bookstagram, too, has really, like, encouraged me to try different things that, like, I think look really cool that I wouldn't have known about otherwise. Yeah, me too. I'm on a, well, not obviously the library thing, but having the our Insta, like, shared Instagram is, shows me a lot of things I would have never seen normally. Yeah. It's really cool. And I like like all the different trends and hashtags because then it brings things out of the woodwork that like, you know, I, I never would have seen otherwise. So I keep saving all these posts on the Instagram and forgetting that I saved no. them. And then I go back and I'm like, did I do this or did <laughs> Sophia save this? We're of one mind. So really, it, it could be any of us. Any <laughs> of us. Like there's like a whole pack. It could be either of us. That's what I meant to say. But yeah. Well, Sophia. Well, Austin. Thank you for the chat. (laughs) Thank you. This is really fun. Now I'm like, I'm curious. I I wonder what other people are doing. We're going to have to ask that on the bookstagram. 
Yeah, shoot us a message, people, of how, like, what strategies you have to try and get into new genres or things you're not too, too familiar with. Yeah. Give us uh, your tips on growth. We want to grow as readers. Sorry, your screen just froze and it closed the one eye closed, one one eye open. (laughs) Oh, God. This is a Look at the face you made when you tried that beer that one time. This is a a test of friendship, but I feel comfortable that you're not going to screenshot and torment me with you in the future. God. Joke's on you because I get the video footage of all these interviews, of all these episodes. God, don't even. even. (laughs) Anyway, Austin, thanks so much for chatting. Thank you. I will see you (laughs) next week. See you next week.